0: Hi, Gateway Church Dartford here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We trust that what you hear will be a blessing and an encouragement to your journey.
1: Good morning. So, uh, this week is uh, the fourth and final week of Back to Basics. So, the first week we did what is a Christian? The second week, why do we go to church? The third week, baptism and baptism in the Holy Spirit and this is the fourth week and that is growing and that's like a culmination of all the three weeks let's go back to week one and what is a Christian and um, when we give our lives to God we've surrendered haven't we and we are born again and we've become a new creation can I have the next slide please or a clicker Uh, oh no no the next one No, sorry, it was a scripture. I'll just read the scripture. And it was, um, Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going to go back on that. Let me read that again. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, I am not going to go back on that. And that is Galatians 2.20 from the Message Translation. Now, I just want to say something about translations. Everyone's got their favourite translation. But I say just find a translation that you understand. Because the most important thing is that you understand the Word of God. Because it's very important And um, later on, when you've got a better understanding of it, then you can delve into the more, you know, academic ones. But if you're just beginning out in your walk with the Lord, start with a message, a New Living Translation, Passion Translation, it's fine. Now, as we're living a life in God, many of the things that we're taught as Christians contradict what we're taught by the wider world view, don't they? And it can be difficult to, to live a life like that. So how do we grow in faith? How do we? We've just become Christians, and we've just given our lives to the Lord, and we've told our family, sometimes our families are happy, they're Christians themselves, sometimes they're not so happy, sometimes they think, "Ooh, they've joined a cult. Are they going to be wearing white gowns, open-toed sandals, and drinking Kool-Aid soon? You won't be here, don't worry. We don't like call aid <laughs> So um, how do you live a life of faith? You know, when we are going through our lives, we're going to school or we're going to work and everyone around us isn't a Christian, they might think that we're a little bit potty. And um, how do we grow in God? How do we get to that place where we just really trust him? Now, there's some very important things that we need to do. We need to... Um, read his word because that's like god's letter to us you know his word is our instruction book and that's why i said you need to find a translation you understand a translation that speaks to you and we need to spend time worshiping him i tell you you know sometimes i've been at home and there's so much stress you know life brings about a lot of stress you know there's five people living in a house with two crazy animals and i mean crazy won't you, the family, who are here, will you not agree? Our our home is the place where animals come to go mad, and mad they went, and mad they're driving us. So, um, you know, sometimes the atmosphere is just really chaotic. And I put on worship music, and I promise you, the atmosphere changes because the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. And, you know, when we sing along, maybe we don't sing along, but the atmosphere changes. And something happens in us because we were born to worship God. God made us. Do you remember I said in week one that we are born with a God-shaped hole? We're born with a void inside us that needs God. Because that's how God made mankind, for relationship with him. And when we're feeding that, you know, God feels that when we're feeding that, we just grow in him. And when we spend time in prayer, getting to know God, you know, you don't need to pray like, you know, um, you know, sort of, Dear God, thank you for the weather. Thank you for life. We pray, oh God, that you will grant this and do this and Lord, and, and use really long words. Yeah, you just talk to God like he's here and you say, God, I love you. Thanks for saving me you know, be with me today as I do, you know, X, Y, and Z, help me, help me not to get down if things go wrong, help me to enjoy the great moments, keep me safe and my loved ones safe, just talk to him like that, he is your father, and he just wants to do life with you, amen. So, um, with that in mind, you know, we're living, we're growing, we're getting to know God, and this is also for us that have known God for a long time you know we have our pits and troughs don't we we go through life and you know like I said earlier about you know when tragedy hit our family affected my faith we go through stuff in life and it does affect our faith because we are human beings and we live in a fallen world and how do we come back from that you know, so we're going to look at these today. So now we're going to do something a little bit different. And I want a bit of congregation participation. Is that okay with everybody? Are you feeling brave? You don't even know what I'm going to do yet. There's a lot of trust here. Can I have the um, slide, please? The first one you put up, please. Agony Aunt. Who remembers the Agony Aunt in the, the problem pages? In the newspaper, in the magazines, and we all used to read them as teenagers and have a little bit of a laugh, didn't we? And wonder who in the world would admit to that, you know? Anyway, moving forward. I compiled four very common issues that Christians face in the form of a letter to Aunt Maud. Apologies to anyone who has an Aunt Maud. Okay, so this is dear Aunt Maud. I should have had the music to our tune. Who remembers our tune with Simon Bates in the eighties? Who's old enough to remember that? Na 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 na. Yeah, never mind. So, um, so could I have the next slide, please? We're going to look at these problems, and then I'm going to invite you guys to be Aunt Maud. And answer the problems okay I I did say bravery didn't I so this one is the first one dear aunt Maud this one's called feeling flat and battling temptation who's felt flat and battled battled temptation yeah anyway dear aunt Maud I've been oh sorry I'm gonna have to put my glasses on that's better Dear Aunt Maud, I've been feeling really flat in my walk with God lately. It hardly feels like He is real. I find it hard to pray and I find the Bible a bit boring. Nothing is going right. My Christian friends seem really weird and different from me. I'd much rather go out clubbing with my mates from work. I fancy a bloke at work, but he is not a Christian. He's lovely and kind and really cares about me. I want to ask him out, but my pastor told me I should wait to meet a guy who loves the Lord. Problem is, there are no guys I like at church. I don't want to have to wait. Is anyone brave enough to play Aunt Maud right now? Come on. Christopher? Mum? Mum? Anyone? No. Goodness. Oh, well, yeah, okay, that's a start. No, right, that's a true story, actually, But I faced myself years ago before this gorgeous man entered my life. Yeah, and I did enjoy going out clubbing with my workmates, and, yeah, never mind. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how I overcame that. Now to begin with there used to be a really cheesy bumper sticker back in the day and my mum will remember this because we used to have a bit of a giggle at it and it used to say seven days without prayer make one week and week was spelt w-e-a-k make you weak. and it is true you know when we draw away from God you know the bible says draw near to me and I will draw near to you He's not, he pursues us but he doesn't impose on us So when we're not living and doing, reading the Bible, staying in his word, learning about him, worshipping, going to church, we start to withdraw a bit from God, don't we? Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, and uh, in 2 Corinthians 6.14 it says, don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is like best friends with dark. Sometimes it can be very tempting, when you, especially when you're young and you're waiting to meet someone and you want to marry a Christian and there's no decent guys around or girls around. And it can be very, very, very tempting. Very tempting indeed. To, to, to just think, well, I'm not going to wait for this. You know? I'm not going to be left on the shelf. But I promise you, God is in it. You need to wait for the one that God has for you. Because God's planned your destiny. And if you go off course from that, you know, who knows? You know, life isn't going to be as good as it might have been. And, you know, when, when you are a Christian and your spouse isn't a Christian, it's not always very easy. Because the thing that is the most important thing in your life, you can't share that with them. You can't share the most important thing in your life with the most important person in your life. And, you know, apart from anything else, that's just really, really sad, you know. it's And so, you know, there's no condemnation, but it's God's best, you know. So uh, Hebrews 10:25 says, "Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return draws near." And then in the, English, the works English version, it says, "Do not stop going to church meeting. Some people do stop, but help each other to be strong. You must do it all the more as you see the great day coming closer." Now that's really clear, isn't it? It's God saying, "Go to church." Find a church that you feel God has planted you in. You know, I know a few people, a few friends of, of, of mine, and they're, they're, they're in a church, and they're not happy. And they say, well, God hasn't told us to leave. But they just go from church to church to church every Sunday, meeting new people, and thinking that's okay, but sorry, that's not okay. You need to be planted somewhere where God has specifically told you to be. And in that place, God is going to use you. He's going to grow you. You are going to be blessed and you are going to be a blessing to him and you're going to be a blessing to others. Amen. This is what you need to do. This is an integral part of our walk with God. And, you know, in in Proverbs 27, 17, Sarah's not here, but you can tell her I said this, Steve. Iron sharpens iron. Amen? As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Yeah, we go to church, we might be feeling so dire, so awful, so down, and we're like, I don't want to go to church, you know, that bunch of, you know, they're all happy and clappy and ooh, and I just feel rubbish. That's when you need to be in church. Yeah? Well, you might feel like, oh, I just, oh, I've had enough of them. You know, they all seem so happy all the time, and it really winds me up. You need to be there at that point in time. Yeah, take that as a sign that you need to be in church. Because you need to be with people who share that faith so they can help you. And in turn, at some point, you will help them. Yeah? Surround yourself with people that can help you grow closer to God. Surround yourself with people who will challenge you when you need to be challenged. Because this will help you grow closer to God. This will make you stronger. Amen? So, on to the next problem. I really hope that some of you are going to play Aunt Maud at some point, yeah? Maybe this next one. Could I have the next one, please? I'm not good enough. Who has ever felt not good enough? Every single one of us. If you're saying you've never felt that way, you... I'm not sure. Anyway, so let's read our letter to Aunt Maud after I've had a sip of water. Dear Aunt Maud, I really don't think I'm good enough. My past is terrible. There is no way that God could forgive all of the terrible things I've done. In fact, I'm very tempted to do some of those things again. There is no way that I feel that I am a new creation. I'm just horrible old me. I've recently been asked by the leadership at my church if I would think about getting involved in one of the ministries. I don't think I'm good enough. That sort of stuff is for other people who are doing better than I am. Has anyone got any advice to share with our anonymous writer? Yeah. Yeah. Yay! I
0: yeah.
1: will take the mic? Suggest
0: that. First of all, I looked in the mirror, looked at myself, and would decide to take a moral inventory of myself of why I do not feel good enough. It's a hard thing to do to do a moral inventory. Hmm. Yeah. But if you do it correctly and everything, it's very, very rewarding. Especially if you write it down. Because I found if you write it down, you feel like you're already being here. You know, it's like the same thing, but once you've written it down, you reread it back. It really speaks
1: to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good advice. Anyone else? Uh,
0: I'm a child of God. Um, I think Jesus picked you because he chose those
1: who were weak to make them strong. Amen, oh, yes, definitely. In fact, that leads me on to the, the next bit of scripture. And this is from 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, and it says... Each time he said, "My grace, This is Jesus saying, yeah? Because it's all in red here. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness. And in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And in another scripture, it says, his power works best through my weakness. Amen. And Philippians 4.13 says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So when we're born again, we are a new creation. The old is gone. In fact, I saw one here. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Second Corinthians five seventeen says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. It's all gone. Yeah, a line has been drawn under the old life. Now, obviously, old habits can come creeping back and that is when, like Les suggested, you take an inventory and you think, you know, let's be honest, it's between me and God. Are there some things I need to change? Yeah, and there's no condemnation. You just take it to the Lord, and it's gone. And he gives you the strength to live right. He will give you the strength. You know, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And this is why we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power. In um, At the very end of Matthew, in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 16, Jesus tells his disciples before he goes... You know that he wants them to fulfill the Great Commission. Does everybody know what the Great Commission is? Yeah, that's right. Go into the world and preach good news, making disciples. Yeah, he's telling, and that's for every single one of us to go out there and tell people our story and tell them the good news of the Lord. Now he said to them, Don't go until my comforter is come. Now he was referring to the Holy Spirit. So in the first or second chapter of Acts. The Holy Spirit comes. We all know the story when they're in the upper room. Yeah, the Holy Spirit gave them the power to fulfill that. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to live the life God wants us to live. Amen. This is why this is the Holy Spirit is so important. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us live the lives God wants us to live. Amen. So let's move on to problem number three. offence. Who's ever been offended? Come on, everyone's been offended at some point. Yeah. Nothing wrong with being offended. It's what you do with the offence. Dear Aunt Maud, three weeks ago, Lady A in church wore the same dress as me. How dare she? I can't believe it. I felt like a real wally. She stared at me and I saw her whispering about me to the lady sitting next to her. They both giggled. Lady A goes to a prayer meeting on Monday mornings. It's more like a gossip morning and I'm sure she told everyone at the prayer meeting that week and they all had a laugh at my expense. Since then, Lady A and her closest friends have avoided me. I feel intimidated and it's putting me off of going to church. That is based on a true story. Dear old Lindsay, that we miss very much, Lindsay told a story, a true story, about a church, because as you know, he was an itinerant minister, so he travelled to different churches and, and, um, and um, shared the word. And one church that he used to visit, there was two ladies, and one la- they both turned up in the same dress one day, and they didn't talk to each other for how long was it, Chris? 20 years. 20 years over the same dress. Imagine all they missed out on in that 20 years. They could have been firm friends. Ecclesiastes 7, 21 to 22 says, don't eavesdrop on the conversation of others. What if the gossip's about you and you'd rather not hear it? This is the word of God, guys. You've done that a few times, haven't you? said things behind someone's back you wouldn't say to their face. This is the word of God. I'm going to read it again. Don't eavesdrop on the conversation of others. What if the gossip's about you and you'd rather not hear it? You've done that a few times, haven't you? Said things behind someone's back you wouldn't say to his face. We've all done it. Let's be honest. Has anyone got any advice for this very upset writer of letters to the ugly aunt? Excellent, excellent.
0: Excellent.
1: That's, That's true. That's really true. And then what do we do with the facts? You know, there's power in forgiveness, so much power in forgiveness. The word says that we must forgive. It says that if we don't forgive, we will not be forgiven. That's pretty firm, it's pretty harsh. It's what God says, you know, it's His rule. And we need to forgive. You know, when we don't forgive, it just corrodes us like acid and leads to all sorts of problems. We are saying ourselves free when we forgive. The best thing those two ladies could have done was just have a laugh about it and just go, Great minds think alike. Or, Wow, did you get that in the sale too? Something like that, you know, and just laugh it off. They, they missed out. They robbed themselves of 20 years of possible friendship, good times, making fantastic memories, doing great things for the Lord together. But they chose not to. They took offence and they kept it. This is the thing. You can take offence, but you mustn't keep it. You've got to get rid of it as fast as possible and not let it hinder your life, your walk with God, your peace. Never let anyone, anything rob you of your peace and the joy of the Lord because it's our strength. Amen. Prophet Sorry? This, well, I'm about to say
0: is tough, but it's true. Offed, being offended is a sign of maturity. Hmm. And uh, because when we mature in Christ, we forgive. Because we That's right, yeah. The power of forgiveness, that we have been forgiven So we've been empowered to forgive.
1: That's right.
0: So if we are not able to forgive and we are able to hold offence, that means that we're not mature enough as a Christian to be dealing with that particular situation.
1: That's true. That's so true. And also, the word tells us that we are saved by grace. Nothing we've done, but by the grace of God. And grace means undeserved favour. We don't deserve it. And we've been saved from so much. We've been forgiven so much. And we have to extend that grace to other people. Amen? So, and also in John thirty. Oh, sorry. So in Proverbs nineteen eleven, it says sensible people control their temper, and they earn respect by overlooking wrongs. John thirteen thirty five says, "Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples." You know, the world looks at us Christians, and when they hear about squabbles, when they hear about fallouts and stuff, it does nothing good for 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 us spreading the gospel you know it is so true you know people they they're going to believe us when they see us getting on amen so the final the final one and this is uh, number four time who struggles with time everyone struggles with time especially nowadays it's ridiculously busy you know i mean I don't understand why we're so busy nowadays, you know, as compared to, say, 10, 20 years ago, but it is what it is. Dear Aunt Maud, I do not have time to go to church. My family needs me on Sundays as we like to go for lunch together and the cinema afterwards. I have a demanding job that means I find going to midweek meetings difficult. The social events aren't really my scene. Instead, I like to catch up by watching preaching videos on YouTube. I think that's enough. I also feel very disconnected to the church. I wonder why. Yeah. Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We looked at that earlier, didn't we? This is where, back to iron sharpens iron, we need to be in church. You need to find a church where you can settle, you can grow, you bloom in the ministry that God has given you. Amen? Catching up on YouTube, it's not church. People talk about internet church. I'm sorry, it is not church. It's nice. There's nothing wrong with watching preaching videos on YouTube, but it does not substitute going to church. Watching the God Channel does not substitute going to church. Joining in with people on Zoom, you know, is all right for a little while, but you really need to be seeing people. You know, there's been a real issue since the pandemic. People got used to watching, you know, none of you guys, you're all really good. But a lot of churches are are sharing that they have a similar problem with people who've got so used to watching church meetings in their pyjamas on Zoom. And they're still um, broadcasting their meetings. So, so many of these people, they're like, well, I might as well just watch it at home. But they're not fellowshipping, you see. They're not meeting with people. These people, I, I can tell you of at least two people that I know that do this, and they say their biggest problem at the moment is loneliness. And they can't see what's staring them in the face. They need to be meeting with other Christians on a regular basis, and encouraging one another, loving one another, be family, amen? And also, in Matthew 18, 20, it says, for where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. You know, when you're on your own, yeah, God's there, but something special happens when people join together. There's power in corporate worship. There's power in corporate prayer. Yeah, this is when we do battle. Against against darkness, amen. So has anyone got any ad, uh, advice they'd like to give this final person? That's what I heard this one. Um uh, virtual services make virtual
0: Christians. Sorry, I can't hear virtual you. yeah um, so in, in relation to to um worshiping online and stuff like that, it, it, it makes uh a virtual Christian out
1: someone so that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, you see, virtual, it can be all right for a short time, you know, it served us well during the pandemic, yeah, but it's not a long-term solution, that's, that's, that's right, isn't it? In terms of not, making, not having time to, uh, to go and worship in church and stuff like that, um, prioritise, prioritise That's right, prioritise, yeah. that's right your, your, your that's right that's right that's right because you're either a Christian or you're not and um, you know you can't give half-heartedly to God you know it, it talks in I think um, where is it where it says you know it, it doesn't want lukewarm Christians It wants us to be on fire for him Yeah, we can't just give a little bit here and a little bit there. We are either born again and on fire for God, or you're not. And the word says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. And that means put God first. Put him first, and he will sort the rest out. You have to have faith that he's going to sort the rest out. Yeah, because you know that the enemy does not want you to be in church he does not want you to be around Christians and he's going to throw every single thing in your way for you to find a legitimate reason not to join in with church things it's going to these things are very real they're not excuses they're not excuses at all these are real issues you know you know that there's all sorts of things i i will list things that stop me going to church strife in church has put me off in the past not feeling well has put me off a lot Um, feeling flat has put me off going to church Um, just not being happy in the church has put me off going to church now that's obviously not here I'm talking about the past but I want to share with you things that have stopped me going to church so you don't feel condemned because I'm not here today to condemn anyone I'm here to love, you know, I love all of you. And I'm just here to encourage you. So I'm sharing the things that have stopped me going to church. And friends, they, that, these times were times when I should have been in church. There are times when I needed to be in church. Because not being in church and withdrawing from the family of God was detrimental to my mental health. It was detrimental to my walk with God it made me a very dry person and by God's grace he pursued me and he got me back on track and in the right place and he can do the same for anybody so friends, with what I've said today I want to encourage you I think you're all great and I know that God has so much in store for every single one of you so I want you to just grasp what I've said today let it encourage you and just seek him seek him what he wants you to do Spend time in the word. Sometimes the word can seem a bit boring if you're reading the wrong translation. Sometimes it helps to, to do Bible plans. You know, I spent a short time just not being in the word at all. And one day I just something made me look on New version. And that's how I discovered the passion translation. And it just spoke out to me. And it was where it says, I am the vine, you I I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, I abide in you. And it spoke so much to me and set me on a journey again of loving the word of God, spending time with him. So I encourage you, find whatever way you can to take in the word of God. Spend time with his people, pray, worship. You don't have to use long words. In fact, I don't know whereabouts it is in the Bible. It's um, when Jesus was um, describing the Sadducees and the Pharisees. You guys who've been watching The Chosen, you've seen what they're like in their robes, and they're very, very religious. That's not what God's looking for. It says, you know, don't be like the people on the the street corners who are using elaborate words and making a show of praying. Just speak from the heart, because he already knows what you're going to say anyway. So there's a song I want to share. Yeah, It's an oldie, but a goodie. And this is a song that I think just sums up the walk with God and how he's there for you. And I just want you to just listen to it and, and let, it, let it bless you. So thanks for listening. Thanks to those who um, contributed, your fantastic Agni aunts. I know where to come if I'm in trouble. Amen.
0: to you help us to remain in your word remain in the vine leaning on you drawing from you you are our source you are our everything I pray this morning Lord we'll see how important it is to to be connected to you. I pray for everybody here, our families, I pray that we'll have a relationship with you. Not just a casual handshake, but relational to you, that we will be drawing onto you, that we will seek your face.